Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. It's good to be in the house of God. It's good to see a little bit more of you. Amen. God bless you. Welcome back if this is your first time in several months. Welcome back. It feels good, doesn't it? Feels good. It's like it's like when you leave home, you leave home like when you turn 18 or 19 or 20 or you know, if if you're my sisters, you know, cl- close to 30, <laughs> uh, they're not here. They're not here. Uh, but you know when you leave home and and then you and then you come home and your mom or your dad they prepare a meal for you. And it's like, man, I haven't had this in a long time. I haven't had these tortillas in a long time. I haven't had a, a home cooked meal like this. I've been, I've been eating ramen. I've been eating, you know, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A every day. But when I come home, there's, there's something, there's a meal prepared for me and it feels good. And it feels good to be in the house of God because the presence and the Holy Spirit is here and he has prepared something for you. He has prepared a word for you. He has prepared an atmosphere for you to come and partake in. Feels good to be home. And if you are at home or, or at work or in the car right now and you're watching the same spirit that is here is no doubt there. And I want to encourage you to uh, be here in the moment as we go over this, this word. Amen. I'm going to ask that you turn with me to the book of Esther. Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4. <clears throat> And now that we have a little bit more people in here, maybe y'all can help me preach, okay? <laughs> Wasn't the same seeing them on the comments. I mean, I still felt it, but like you didn't hear it, you know? So y'all got to help me preach this morning. If you're not too familiar with the story of, of, of Esther, um, I'll kind of summarize it. We're at the point in Israel's history, the the, the history of the Jewish people where they have already been conquered by the Babylonians. The Babylonians have been conquered by the Persians. They have no homeland of their own. They're foreigners in another land. And there's this Jewish woman who wins the favor of Xerxes, the king of Persia. Her name is Esther, and he makes her his queen. Esther has a cousin. Cousin name is Mordecai. Mordecai disobeys the king's second in command, uh, Haman. And Haman goes and he tells the king that all the Jews need to be put away. All the Jews need to be killed because their ways and their laws are different than ours. And I, I want to just read that real quick. That's not in chapter 4. That's actually chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. It says, then Haman went to the king and said, your majesty, there are some people who live all over your kingdom and won't have a thing to do with anyone else. They have customs that are different from everyone else and they refuse to obey your laws. We would be better off to get rid of them. Why not give orders for all all of them to be killed? I can promise you that you will get tons of silver for your treasury. So this is another Example of yet another attempt to completely destroy 
and erase God's people from the face of the earth. And man, can I tell you, man, when I was reading this, this text, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't plan for this to be a part of my text, but I, I wanted to get a little bit more context. So I, I went back and I had to include it because I felt, I felt as if I could relate to it in a way as a Christian. And it's not to say that I'm in fear of my life. I don't, you know, I, I, like other Christians in other parts of the world might be in fear of their life for, for professing the name of Jesus Christ. But I do feel as if there is a very strong oppression. There's a very strong attack against the body of Christ as a whole. And you wouldn't recognize it unless you are a part of the body. Where maybe we're not trying to be killed, but we're trying to be silenced. We're trying to be shamed because we believe a certain way because we believe that if I say every life, every human life deserves a chance at life, that automatically means that I, I'm not for empowering women and I should be silenced and I should be shamed because our values seem outdated to some people. And so our values and our morals are being vilified. Because our ways are not like the ways of the world. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? So Haman tells the king they should be killed because their ways are different. They're not like ours. And scripture tells us, you know, it talks about the last days. And the last days commenced with, with Christ, with his ascension. So if, if the last days have been around for almost two, or more than 2,000 years, we're, we've got to be living in, like in the last, last days. And it talks about, it talks about in the last days where it's going to be so difficult to be a Christian. And, you know, this has been true throughout human history since Jesus left. We haven't felt it as much because, you know, we, we, we live in, in the land of the free. Uh, but there is no doubt been places in our world where Christians have been persecuted, imprisoned, and, and killed just for being a Christian. That concept seems, again, it seems foreign to us because we've, we've never seen it. You know, we can, we can come to church, uh, kind of, right now. We can come to church. We can, we can choose who to worship. But there will be a day, church, where, where Christians around the world, not just in some parts of the world, will not only not be tolerated, they'll be hated. And people will want them to be removed from the face of the earth because we create a problem. We create a problem for people. Now, the Bible talks about it. So I think that this story here in Esther foreshadows a a picture of the very near future. I don't know how near, but I know that every day that goes by, we're, we're getting closer to the end. And so Mordecai hears of Haman's plan and the guy's devastated. He's devastated. He's out in the streets and he's, he's crying and he's wailing and, and, and the Bible says that he, you know, he strips off his clothes. That's what that, that was an ancient practice in, in, in the Jewish community because it was a sign of mourning. He was mourning for his people. Imagine hearing the news that, that your own people were going to get destroyed. And so he, he gives word to Esther through her servant. And we'll pick up from there. Chapter four, beginning with verse eight. I'm reading out of the, the CEV this morning. Mordecai gave Hathach, Hathach is Esther's servant, a copy of the orders for the murder of the Jews and told him that these things had been read in Zusa. And he said, show this to Esther and explain what it means. 
and asked her to go to the king and beg him to have pity on her people, the Jews. Hathach went back to Esther and told her what Mordecai had said. She answered, tell Mordecai there is a law about going to see the king. And all the officials and his people know about this law. Anyone who goes in to see the king without being invited will be put to death. The only way that anyone can be saved is for the king to hold out the gold scepter to that person. It has been 30 days since he has asked for me. When Mordecai was told what Esther had said, he sent back this reply. Don't think that you will escape being killed with the rest of the Jews just because you live in the king's palace. If you don't, if you don't speak up now, we will somehow get help, but you and your family will be killed. It could be that you were made queen for a time like this. Amen. Let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak this word to us, my God. Speak it to your people this morning, my God, that it may fall on fertile ground, my God. That when we leave here, my God, we may be empowered by it, Lord, to practice it and apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message this morning is, It Could Be. It could be. Do something I haven't done in a while. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, it could be. If you're watching online, type it in the comments. It could be. It could be. We are all living. Church, we're all living in this moment together, right? We're all going through 2020 together. We've all seen the same things. We're all going through our own experiences, but we're experiencing a lot of the same things um, that this world is, the good and the bad. And I want to remind someone today, because I know it's so easy to forget that you weren't here by accident. You were not put here by accident. You weren't put on this earth just to take up space. You weren't placed here just to occupy a physical body and, and, and breathe. God knew, I need to speak to someone this morning because they, they, they've been doubting themselves. They've been doubting their purpose. God knew that you would be on this earth. God knew that you would be on this earth. Now, God knows that there is a plan and a purpose for your life. Could it be that you are here for such a time as this. It could be. It could be that you're not here by mistake. Could be that you're here for a reason. It could be that that you were born into the situation that you were born into for a reason. The family that you were born into for a reason. I remember telling my parents all the time, whenever my parents told me no, I couldn't do something, I'd throw a fit and I'd say, man, I'm a part of the wrong family. God gave me the wrong family. No, no, no. God gave you that family for a reason. He gave you that obstacle for a reason. He gave you that burden for a reason. He gave you that sickness for a reason. There is a reason. There is a reason. You know, the older that we get, the more you think about life, like, like, like the could have beens. What, what, what could have happened if I went another direction? What, what, what could have happened if I, if I stayed with this person, if I stayed at that job, if I stayed in school, what would happen? We often think about these things. The only time that we don't think about what could have been is when we feel like what we have now is better than what could have been, right? Melissa and I were, back before we got married, um, right before we got engaged, actually, we were contemplating moving to Boston. Um, so we, you know, we, we took a trip out to Boston together. We met with these pastors. These pastors were planning a church and they had asked me to, uh, um, to be their, their worship pastor. So we went out and, and we stayed with them. We met their family. We met the church and, and, and we loved it. I, I love, I love the city of, 
of Boston. I was actually planning on, on going there for, uh, for school. And so I thought that, I really thought that this was God. Well, maybe it didn't work out a couple years before, but, but now, you know, we can move to Boston. We can, we can start a new life here. And, you know, I can, I can go to the school that I wanted to go to and, and, and it could be God. And it was a tough decision that we had to make. Ultimately, we decided not to, to move. And, and still to this day, people ask me, do you ever think that that was a mistake? Do you ever think about what could have happened had you moved? And my answer is always the same. No, not really. I, I never think about it. I never think about it because what I have today, my life today, what God has me, where he has me in right now, I am more than happy with. I, I'm blessed, man. Praise God. I am blessed. I'm blessed. And to think about how much more blessed I could have been, <laughs> that seems a little greedy to me. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like God had something for me that was better than what he's allowed me to have in this moment with you beautiful people. I feel like I'm where God wants me, but there have also been times, and I've got to be honest here, where I have felt that this is not where God wants me. I've been in those situations where, where I feel like the decision that I made, you know, it was, it was kind of made without the blessing of God. And, and I made certain decisions out of maybe fear or out of doubt or out of pressure by other people or lack of confidence. And, and, and when you allow these things, church, to dictate our lives, you miss out on the could have beens that God wanted for us. Am I preaching to anybody? I wonder if Cain ever asked himself, what could have happened? What could have happened if I had just controlled my temper? What could have happened if I would have just just learned from my brother instead of gotten jealous. I wonder what would have happened if I too would have given God my best and not killed my brother because I was angry. What could have happened? Where could I have been? Where could my have people have gotten to? I wonder if Saul ever asked himself, what could have happened because, because my life, what could have happened with my life had I just been obedient? Have I just been obedient to God? Had I not tried to do things on my own, had, had I not tried to, to one-up God's plan by offering a sacrifice over obedience, what if I just obeyed God? What if I didn't try to run down David because I was so jealous of him and because of God's favor over his life? What would have happened if I would have just humbled myself? Where could God have taken me? Mordecai gave Esther such a profound statement of truth. He says, it could be Esther that you are here for such a time as this. It could be. You're a Jew in a foreign land, and you're the queen. Who does that? That is the favor of God. You have to ask yourself, it could be for a reason. Now, the thing that would have stopped Esther was her fear, right? That'll preach all day, man. The fear of losing her life. The fear of upsetting the king. Well, what if I walk into his quarters and he might get upset with me? He might be disappointed that I disturbed him. What then? What do I do then? Could it be that, that your fear of upsetting other people has stopped you from what God would have for you? The fear of rejection. Could it be that the fear of rejection has disabled you from pursuing your calling? Could it be that your fear of of speaking up because, man, it is so dangerous to speak up these days. 
Could it be that your fear of speaking up has suppressed a word that God has for you to bring forth to the people? Could it be that we were intended for more, but we've settled for less? I don't know who I'm talking today, man. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but... (laughs) Church, could it be that God doesn't just have... Look, God doesn't just have you... God doesn't just have you in this moment. He has you for this moment. You're not just here in this moment. You are here for this moment. At that job that you hate, that you hate going to work, man, I hate this guy. Give me another job. Could it be that he has you there for a reason? Could it be that there's going to be a coworker who is struggling with thoughts of suicide and you are going to bring life into her by bringing God into her life? Could it be? Could it be that he has allowed you to go through that troubling situation for a specific purpose instead of asking the question, well, what, what would happen if I do this? Maybe we need to start asking what would happen if I don't? What would happen if I don't step into my calling? What would happen if I don't step out of the boat? Because I know what's going to happen if I do get out of the boat. I might start to sink. I might start to drown because there are waves and they're big and and they're intimidating. I know what's going to happen just by looking at it. But what would happen if God is calling me to step out of it and I don't? What would I be missing? God used men and women throughout history to bring about his will, right? That's what he does. He uses people. He uses young kids. He uses children. And God God will speak to me through my daughter Layla sometimes. God uses people. God used a certain generation that was effective to establish his church. Each, each generation has its own people. There was, a, there was a, a Moses generation that served a specific purpose. And then that generation ended. And then there was a Moses of, of Joshua and Caleb. And then there was a, uh, a generation after them. There was a generation uh, that came with the apostles to bring forth and establish the church. And then they passed away. And then there was another generation that served a unique purpose. This is our time. This is our time. We keep talking about, man, 2020 is just the worst, but we're here. And there's a reason that we're here. And our time is unique because there are things that that are happening that have never happened before. And God called you to live in this moment. And I can't tell you why. I can't speak your own purpose into your life. I'm not the giver of purpose. What I can tell you is that there is a purpose. There is a plan for your life. Pastor Damaris preached, uh, preached the message last week, man, and it was, I feel like it was so timely. I see my brother Juan there in agreement. He's like, yes. <laughs> and I feel like it, it perfectly aligns with this message. Her, her uh, message was, was called, What's in Your Hands? And uh, she spoke about the staff that, that Moses uh, had, which was really just, it was just a piece of wood. That's all it was, Right? not really worth anything. You, you, you ever been on a hike before and you find like a really cool stick? Girls don't know about this. But guys, guys do this. <laughs> guys do this. We go on hikes and we're like, where can I get a real cool stick? Right? We, we actively look for, for sticks that we can just use. And man, it's going to be our best friend. We're going to use it. I remember, I remember, uh, Royal Rangers when I was in Royal Rangers, 
Um, this was, I mean, this was a long time ago. I was a little kid way back in the day. One of our commanders found a hiking stick. He was so proud of this stick, man. Everywhere that we went, he took it with him. Restroom, lunch breaks, you know, we were out playing like, like soccer or volleyball or something. He would, he'd had it with him and uh, he, he loved that. He loved that stick for those two days. And, um, the last night that we were there, we were, we were all sleeping in, you know, in a tent, you know, my group and, and, uh, we, uh, I was bad, man. PKs, bro. I was bad. And, and, and I was like the youngest one. And I was, I felt like I was corrupting people. I was like, guys, we should take commander stick and just like break it and throw it in the woods or something. I'm telling you, man, we were bad. The kids these days are, are a lot better than we were, man. We got some good kids, but so it was like, it was two, three in the morning. We snuck out of our tent and, and, and we find a stick and we just, we toss it into the, into the woods. We go back, we go to sleep. Next morning comes, uh, this guy's like, where's my stick? <laughs> where's my stick? And, and I don't even think we got breakfast that morning. That's all Maddie was. But I, I, I imagine, I imagine Moses one day, he was just on a walk. He found a cool stick. <laughs> well, that was a cool stick. I think I'll use this from now on. And then he, and then he gets in front of this burning bush. And God's like, hey, what's the thing in your hand? This whole thing, just a little stick. Just a little staff I use to walk with. You know, I'm kind of old, you know. And it's not worth anything. It's just a stick. It's just a, wood, it's just a piece of wood. But, and it had no power until God said, Moses, what is that? What is that? When God says that to you, when God says, what is that? You need to draw attention to it because it has caught the attention of God. And if it has caught the attention of God, it should capture our attention. What is that in your hand? That thing that you think is valueless, the thing that you think is worthless, the thing that you think uh, has no power. God is saying, what is that? What is it? Because it might be nothing to you, but what I can do through it is going to bring power. And I don't know what's in your, what's in your hand. It could be a microphone. It could be a pen. It could be a computer. It could be a checkbook. Maybe it's a camera. Maybe it's an instrument. I don't know what's in your hand. But the message to you, church, is that you were created for this time. You were designed for this version of our world. Don't be afraid to be used. Because there is an enemy. There is an enemy who is still on the prowl. There is an enemy who is trying, he's never stopped trying to destroy the people of God. And his tactics might be a little bit different these days here in our culture. Maybe we're not trying to be killed, but we're trying to be silenced. We're trying to be shamed. We are trying to be, look like we're, we're, we're bigots and we're outdated with the things that we believe in. And, and our morals are no longer valid today. That's, that is the, that is the image that is trying to be projected. And if he can do that, maybe we lose the battle. But God doesn't lose battles. Man. God wins battles. God wins wars. So with whatever you have, whatever is in your hand, I'm sorry to hijack your sermon, but it was so good last week. Use it. It could be that you've been given that gift. It could be that you have been given that that information. It could be, it could be that you were given that, that family, that, that child, that spouse for a reason. 
We're not going to be silenced. We're not going to be weakened. We have got to realize that we weren't meant to be bystanders in the kingdom of God. We were meant to be warriors. You have to realize that about yourself. You have to realize that about yourself, man. When you see, when you begin to see yourself the way that God sees you, everything changes. Everything changes. You think more highly of yourself because he thinks highly of you and because you are highly favored. I might not be favored in this land. I might be a foreigner in this land, but with the grace of God comes the favor of God, comes the power of God. Whatever opportunity that, that, that has presented itself to you, church, don't let it pass you by and become a could have been. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. And I want to pray with you, church. I want to pray with you real quick. And I tried, I tried to be a little bit shorter just because we've got a few things to get to, but I want this, I want this word to just marinate right now for a second on your heart and on your spirit. I'm asking you just close your eyes with me. And Heavenly Father, speak me. Speak to me, God. Speak to us. Speak to us, God. Draw attention, my God, to the things that that we have deemed worthless, my God. You can't use that. Why do you want that? This is so futile. This is is not important. Who's going to care about this? What you did for a piece of wood, my God, and and, and, in a servant's hand, someone who was willing, my God, you can do for us. Help us to realize, my God, that we are here for a reason. We are here for a reason, my God, that we that we may hurt for a reason. That we may struggle for a reason, my God. I pray over your people this morning, my God. I pray over this generation, Father, that you've allowed to be living here in the now, Father. I pray that we begin, we begin to be used, my God, more than ever before. Your word says, my God, that in the last days, the young men will will have dreams and, and we will see visions, my God. And we will be used, my God. And we will prophesy, my God. And amazing things will happen in your name, Father God. Draw attention, my God, to the things that we have left in the dark in Jesus' name right now, Lord. Because there is a world, my God, that is, that is, that is fighting against us, Lord. Fighting against you, Lord. But we want to be victorious. We want to be victorious in Jesus' name. We thank you. Now that we have a few, we have more people in the room, I want to do what we were doing before. Now that I can see you. If you're here this morning in this building and, and you're, you can say, man, I, I haven't been living right. I haven't been, I haven't been living a life that is after Christ. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm, t- I'm tired of doing things on my own. I'm tired of, of, of trying to figure out this thing called life by myself. I need, I need Jesus. And if that's you this morning, 
and you haven't been following Christ, you have not yet picked up your cross, but you want to, and you want to dedicate your life, you want to dedicate yourself to living for him, I'm simply going to ask that you raise your hand, every eye is closed this morning. And if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to have you do anything else. Just raise your hand and I'm going to pray for you right there where you are. Amen. I I see you. I see you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. It's good to see some hands again. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer, I'm I'm sorry, if you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer after me. You you, You can do it as silently as you need to, but do it with a sincere heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you because you have seen my sin but in your grace you look past it and right now my God I want to dedicate my life to you I want to live for you Jesus I pray that you enter my heart and you be the Lord over it from this day forward I belong to you. Holy Spirit, enter my heart and allow me to grow in the faith every single day. Forgive me of my sins. I come running towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at MyNumaChurch. Thanks again and God bless.